turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Bob Bernie Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Thank you and welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. Um, I, I say this on this program all the time. In fact, yeah, I say a lot of things all the time. Anyway, I say never give a liberal a Bible. Now, that doesn't mean we should hide Bibles from liberals. Uh, but, but liberals have a terrible, terrible habit of misinterpreting, misapplying, misdiagnosing uh, the Bible for their own purposes. Uh, and I think it all comes down to a liberal theologically does not believe that the Bible is really, truly the very word of God. Uh, they may believe that the Bible is inspiring, and uh, God may have inspired portions of the Bible. What portions? Well, the portions that they, that they like, the portions that don't offend them. Uh, the portions that don't mess with their lifestyle, you know, uh, the portions that don't require any kind of sacrifice or controversy. Now, those parts they like and say, well, yeah, God probably inspired those parts. But, but the parts they don't like or might cramp, you know, cramp their lifestyle, well, no, we can't believe and trust those. And so, so they pervert the Word of God, for their own purposes. And I was reminded of this just the other night. I don't know whether you watch Jeopardy or not. Uh, Joy and I do. We, we never watch it live, hardly ever home at that time. But we record it. And uh, later on in the evening or maybe several days later, we will you know, we will watch the uh, the recording. Well, right now, well, was, it's over now. They had the big Tournament of Champions. They have that, I, th- I don't know, I think once a year. And uh, so they bring back some of the contestants that won a lot of money, and then they compete against each other, thus the Tournament of Champions. Well, this week... It was the uh, man pretending to be a woman uh, called Amy, uh, and she set all kinds of records for a female. But of course, you know that because she's transgender, her brain didn't change, her physical appearance changed, her uh, hormone levels changed, but nothing changed in her brain. So she still has a male brain. But anyway, I, I digress. Uh, and then an Asian gentleman seemed to be really, really nice. 
And then a professor from California, just a very nice guy. They were competing against each other, and it was the first one to win three games. So, I don't know, it was two or three nights ago. Uh, They're coming to the end, and the professor guy has done really, really well. And if I recall correctly, he was slightly ahead when they go into Final Jeopardy. And in Final Jeopardy, the question was, or the statement was, the contestants obviously have to come up with a question. The statement was, Paul's letter to them in the New Testament, or pardon me, Paul's letter to them is the New Testament epistle with the most Old Testament quotations. Well, I immediately guessed Romans. I wasn't really sure, but that was my guess. And again, the the statement, Paul's letter to them is the New Testament epistle with the most Old Testament quotations. Well, the professor said, what is Romans? Uh, The Asian gentleman said, what is Philippians? I think he was making a reference to Philippians. He didn't pronounce it correctly. And Amy Schneider, the transgender guest, Hebrews. Well, this Amy Schneider was deemed to have given the correct answer. Hebrews. And and I began yelling at the TV, and I, I told Joy, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews. And the statement, Paul's letter to them, is the New Testament epistle with the most Old Testament quotations. And Amy Schneider guessed Hebrews. That was correct. She, he, won the match. And I'm yelling at the TV. We don't know that Paul wrote Hebrews. No one, no one really agrees. Now, I've always thought that it was a very good possibility that Paul wrote Hebrews, but we don't know. I don't know of a single individual theologically that would be willing to stake their reputation on the fact that Paul wrote Hebrews. Well, I wondered how many people would catch that. And I thought, this is the Tournament of Champions. There's a lot of money at stake. I think the winner got $250,000. That's a cool quarter of a million dollars. Well, uh, Jeopardy has not yet admitted that they were wrong. But the Internet and social media has gone crazy over this. Uh, Things like, Dear Jeopardy, Paul didn't write Hebrews. Um, Someone else, Massive Error on Final Jeopardy for the Tournament of Champions, etc. This Pauline Epistles, blah, blah, blah. Wrong! New Testament scholars believe that the writer of Hebrews is unknown. And then all kinds of things. Social media just blew up. And here's the crazy thing. The book of Romans actually has more Old Testament references than even the book of Hebrews. 
So Jeopardy was wrong on two accounts. Two accounts. And it was big because the professor would have won and he lost. It could have impacted the entire tournament of champions. And I'm going to be watching to see if Jeopardy makes any kind of statement. I doubt it. I doubt it. Speaking of that, in my morning Bible reading right now, I'm going through the book of Exodus. And so many people look at the book of Exodus and you get into the endless laws. The laws for this and laws for that, laws for that. But I I came across, uh, not this morning, I believe it was yesterday morning, how the Jews were to deal with communicable diseases, diseases that could be spread, diseases that could be caught from someone else. And I was just reminded of how incredibly accurate the Bible is. I've said this so many times, my old preacher from California, the Bible is more up to date than tomorrow morning's newspaper. I'll tell you what I mean when we return. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live on this Tuesday afternoon. How do we know that the Bible is really true? How do we know that the Bible is inspired? Well, there are thousands of reasons how we can know that. But one of the reasons is the Bible is filled with facts and information that no one else on planet Earth knew when the Bible was written. For instance, uh, the fact that the earth is round. When the Bible was written, the Old Testament particularly, no one on planet earth, I mean no one, no one on planet earth believed that the earth was round. Everybody believed it was flat because that's what they could see. And yet the Bible speaks of the circle of the earth. Um, The Bible states explicitly that the earth hangs upon nothing. Well, now we know that's true. It's out in space. It's not sitting on anything. No one, and I repeat, no one, the most brilliant scientists, philosophers of Bible times, not one single one believed that the earth was round and floating in space. The Egyptians, the Romans, the Greeks, they all had their theories about uh, the shape of the earth, and it was on the back of a turtle and the back of an elephant. And, you know, no one believed the claims of the Bible. Before the break, I said I was reading in the book of Exodus, and there are all of these laws. Well, I, I've said this over and over and over again. The only reason God said to do this and not do this is for our own good. The only reason that God ever called anything sin is because God knew it would harm us. It would be bad for us. That's the only reason God ever called anything sin. It has nothing to do with God's an old fuddy-duddy in the clouds, and he just doesn't want us to have a good time. 
He's our creator, he's our father, and he wants what's best for us. Well, there are all these laws, and every single one of them has a positive purpose. I came across the lengthy, it's like three chapters, about how the ancient Jews, the ancient Hebrews, were to deal with communicable diseases, like leprosy and others. Now, we understand that diseases are spread by germs, by bacteria. Uh, Viruses can be spread on, sometimes it's on surfaces, uh, like uh, COVID. It could be uh, spread through the air and so forth. Well, there are all of these rules and regulations in the Old Testament about how to deal with communicable diseases. Number one, isolation. You isolated that person. Lepers had to go apart and live separately. Now, the Old Testament Jews didn't understand why. They just knew that that's what God said. Well, none of the other cultures, none of the other societies isolated people who were sick It was the Jews. Then, you know, with COVID, social distancing. Hey, the Bible is so far ahead. But then not only isolation, depending on the disease and how contagious it was, the house in which the person lived would be thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly cleansed. Now, did the Jews understand why? They were thoroughly cleaning the walls and the ceiling, and they're they're washing everything. Of course they didn't understand it. Now, we do. We understand it. They had no idea. It's just, well, this is what God wanted us to do. We have no idea why. Well, there was a purpose, a thoroughly scientific purpose that no one else on planet Earth followed. And in fact— If the disease was bad enough, sometimes the house would be torn down. It would be destroyed, and the very rocks that the house was built uh, with would be buried. Really? Yeah, again, the, 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 the Old Testament Hebrews, the Jews, were completely unique in this. They had no idea that they were dealing with germs and bacteria and viruses. They had no idea. But this is why so often throughout human history, when a plague would hit the earth, the Jews, in many cases, would be almost exempt. And in fact, there were times in history when great plagues hit large portions of the earth, and the Jews were exempted. People said they were demon-possessed because they didn't get the same disease. No, they were just following God's principles. Also, when they washed their hands, God said, wash your hands under running water. (laughs) Why? Well, everybody else was just watching, washing in a community tub in the middle of the town or in the house. They would pour out a big thing of water, and everybody would wash off their hands in that same water. 
Well, they had no idea that they were spreading germs one to the other. But here were the Jews, and they were told, no, 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 no. Wash your hands in running water. Now, again, did they know why? Uh, No. They were just following God's commands because God was protecting them. Uh, Did I mention that nobody else on earth understood this or were following this? And not only this, I hate to get gross, but uh, when the when the uh, army, the Jewish army, was out in the field and so forth, and they uh, they had to relieve themselves, shall we say? They were commanded to bury it. After they did their business out in the desert, they were to take a shovel or some implement or a sword or whatever, and they were to bury the um, the excrement. They were to bury it. Well, why? Because if you didn't, it could spread disease. Now, all over the world, there were open latrines running down the streets for hundreds and hundreds of years, century after century, open latrines spreading disease. They had no idea that they were spreading disease, but not the ancient Jews. By the way, if you want to read a fascinating book, it's been out of print for many years, but I believe you can go online and still find it. And it's called None of These Diseases. I should have looked up the author. Um, It was a medical doctor, and it was written many years ago. But the whole premise of the book is what I'm talking about. The ancient Jews were spared from this disease, that disease, this plague, that plague, because they simply followed Old Testament law And none of these diseases impacted them like the rest of the world. It's a fascinating book. Like I said, it's been out of print for many years, but I believe you could probably get it. Hey, just just before we go off the air, some good news. Listen to these headlines. 249 North Carolina churches leave United Methodist Church. Yeah. One-third of all the churches in a regional body of the United Methodist Church have left. Another headline, 58 Louisiana churches leave United Methodist Church. Another headline, 70 Georgia churches leave United Methodist Church over homosexuality debate. There is an awakening among many in the United Methodist Church. Let's pray it continues. Pray it continues. Hey, I can't continue out of time. Have a great evening, but please remember whose you are. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern.